0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for
1: listening, thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahneman on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the world of pets. If you have dogs or doggies, uh, you're going to love this podcast. And you're going to love this episode today because on the podcast today is Trevor Krotz. He is the founder and CEO of Buddy Brands. Man, it's so great having you on the podcast. It's great to be here.
0: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh,
1: man, I um, I have three dogs. I have a yellow lab, like, you know, true purebred that we actually got as a rescue. Oh, by the way, um, we have... Two other dogs one is like a like a um, lab mix and then a like habanese mix and so when i saw all of your content come across on the things you're doing in the space and these products i'm like first of all i need the buddy rest and second of all like i i I like love anyway. I just love this market. It's booming right now. I can't wait to unpack this with you, Trevor. Absolutely,
0: so, <laughs> I've got all sorts of stuff to sell you too. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. Yeah, I've already been looking. Um, okay, so let's do this. Before we even get to products and the company, y- y- you have an interesting background. I mean, so you weren't always an entrepreneur, right? You started with some other other brands in your your background, and then you jumped into the entrepreneur s- s- space. So, share with our audience a little bit of your path.
0: Um, yeah. So. You know, I don't know about uh, not being an entrepreneur. I think kind of some some of us, I feel like we're born that way. And, sure. and sometimes we just kind of kind of naturally discover that organically. And I feel like that's kind of been my calling. Um, uh, but I started off in the uh, call center industry. so i uh, when I was eighteen, I got a job working as a outbound inbound telemarketer. <laughs> and within a couple of weeks, uh, <laughs> nice. I was the number one sales guy. In oh my the gosh, so- three hundred people. And so I found myself at the age of, uh, 18 and 19 in charge of a couple hundred people and that was wow. quite the experience especially when a lot of them are you know 50s, 60s years old and there's uh, um, this young punk kid is coming around telling them how to do their job better so so that uh, it was is kind great- of like entrepreneurship you're right That's so true well, it was, yeah it was a fantastic experience for me just because it gave me firsthand knowledge of not only you know uh, the reps of selling people and um, overcoming objections. But what I really found out was, is that, uh, what filled my cup was not making sales, but actually teaching others how to sell. And so uh, that's where I got my first experience as kind of a trainer. And I realized that I had a knack for training. And so I went from there as a call center, uh, manager to, um, you know, as a corporate trainer. So I bounced around a few different places. Um, and then I took my first basically leap into entrepreneurship when I was, uh, about 25, 26, um, started an auction company and, um, I did really well for a year or two. Transitioned it into business liquidations, uh, and was doing really well, was riding high I had a new BMW. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> I was on the front page of the business section in a local paper, oh, no way. a Stack of money. And then uh, within a year I was liquidating my own assets. I, uh, car got repoed and I was living in my parents' basement working at a radio shack. Oh, um, my first, my first experience with entrepreneurship was a very humbling experience and I think I needed it. And I can tell you, I promise you, I still know that, that, that taste of failure is vividly on my tongue i know exactly what it tastes like and it motivates me every day to do better
1: okay so wow and i love that you shared that um at the time when all that was going on were you like hey i'm just gonna bounce right back and on to the next thing or was it like if you put yourself in that moment was it truly like oh my god i really don't know what's next like what did that feel
0: like you know, to be fair, after my first experience with entrepreneurship, I was just I was just happy to go work for someone else right. for my, board, my to check of my checks were clear, yeah. right? Exactly. I knew my check was gonna come and it was gonna clear the bank on payday. And for a while that was enough for me. It took me a couple of years to really kinda get that entre entrepreneurial fire uh back stoked where I was ready to take another stab at it and when I did I found fi- I found myself working in the mattress industry so I was working as a trainer and doing sales in uh the, the I, I call it the human mattress industry just because we're in the pit mattress right. <laughs> industry right. but um, how cool is that working actually? in the mattress industry yep mattress I was, really sur- I was really surprised to find out at the time um that there was really nothing out there for for dogs that was what I would consider to be supportive, you know. So at the time, I had my dog Buddy, and he was a big dog, and I was really shocked to discover uh, on a routine trip to the vet that big dogs like him don't live near as long as their smaller counterparts. And so, upon doing a little bit more research, I I found out that the number one reason why dogs, big dogs' lives are shorter, are because of painful joint problems, and so they get euthanized because of this quality of life issues. And so, being in the mattress industry, I knew firsthand how important Important sleep was to people, and how the right support system had really made a life uh, made a difference in the life of, of humans. And, and I saw something. I saw an opportunity to not only do something uh, proactive for Buddy, but also for the millions of dogs out there that were destined to suffer the same fate as him. And so, uh, seeing so there was nothing out there on the market, I created Buddy Rest, which was the first uh, truly orthopedic bed using the same science that was in the human mattress industry. Crossed it over into pets, and that's really what got me started on this journey wow
1: okay very cool um and that's it's it's such a great segue um and neat that you're already kind of in that industry and and sorting through it and learning it and training others so obviously you had to know it inside out um it's it's one thing to have an idea and say hey i think we should go do this but it's another to actually do it like what were the first steps you had to take to even start to conceive a company and did you do it like on the side or what did that look like
0: yeah so uh definitely was a, a challenge at first to figure out where do you start. You know, I knew that I knew I knew that my philosophy on how to sell products, which was uh, at the time I was teaching people not to sell the mattress, but how to sell the sleep. Right. So you don't sell how you feel when you lay on a mattress in, this, in a in an awkward store talking to a stuffy salesman. Sure. You sell how the customer is going to feel when they wake up in the morning, and they're more rejuvenated and they have the the better mental acuity and a better positive attitude, ready to attack their day with fervor because they got a great night's sleep. And so I took that same philosophy and basically uh, put it into the dog beds. Where how do we create something that's going to be more than just a dog bed? Because at the time, you know, dog beds were simply, um, you know, things that were disposable. You bought it, you know, you washed it a couple times, you threw it away, uh, and repeat over and over and over and so for me we we're how do we differentiate and create a better quality product that's going to improve the quality of lives of animals and really what it came down to is we created a health-based science product that is similar to the philosophies that a lot of the ma- human mattresses were doing uh and that's really what got us started and so you know at first uh we we found a, a local upholstery shop i say we because I, I enlisted my my buddy jordan um early on and we found a local. Uh, a local uh, upholstery store that uh, that was doing car upholstery and they kind of made a cover for us. We showed them some pictures and I did some, you know, just basic designs based on the, uh, based on the, the human mattress design. And then, uh, we took it to a local trade show. So a local pet show, um, you know, we, we had, it was a, it was a giant mess. <laughs> we had, uh, our website was on a banner behind us. The website wasn't working. Uh, you know, people were asking us, you know, how much are these and where can I buy them? And we only had one, so there was nothing to sell. Sure. Uh, but what it did was it gave us the validation that, Hey, these pet people were interested in what we had, you know, right. they were giving us, right. signals, they thought you and, had
1: a real product.
0: Yep. Yeah. They, they were interested in they. And so that was like that was the catalyst. That was enough validation for us to take the next step. So we got our website working, uh, and we uh, you know I think maybe two or three weeks later we made our first sale, and then a second sale, and organically we started just uh, to roll from there. Wow. Um, and that's how Buddy Rest really got started.
1: That's so amazing. Um, like what were what was the first thing that you made to sell? Like what what did that look like? Like what is the what was the Buddy Rest then, and has it
0: evolved? Um, it's absolutely evolved. However, <laughs> we have a, uh, we have a, a better looking version of that legacy bed. So that bed is the comfort deluxe. It's kind of a rectangular bed. It's yep. there's not a lot of piping or accents. There's not a lot of thrills to it, but what it is, is it's solid with science. It's going to be the best, most supportive dog bed that you can have. We use tactile pressure mapping. So we make sure that Gosh. the pressure is evenly redistributed what is tactile pressure food? mapping. So tactile pressure mapping is, uh, is the science of, of determining pressure points. They use it in mattresses, they use it in hospital beds, and it's also very prevalent in uh, wheelchair seats because oh, wow. you got to make sure that those don't build up pressure over time because people are immobile. And so by using tactile pressure mapping, you can see when you put a dog on a bed, you can see where those pressure points actually are. And even though uh, the dog might be you know, laying on the ground, for example, you know, gravity is still in play and they're still supporting their body um, on you know where they support their weight, usually sure. their front hind legs and their hips, and so this is what oftentimes is the cause of painful joint problems. Is long term detrimental actions like laying on the floor or jumping up in and out of a high bed or right. a couch. Right. And so, um, you know, we, we basically, uh, use these tactile pressure mapping to determine what is the best support. So we're not guessing we're highly calibrated and we're using real science, but back to your question, we do still sell that, that original bed. It's called the comfort deluxe. It's uh it's our entry level orthopedic bed. <laughs> um, and it's, it's gone through some few uh, oh design changes, but it's essentially the same thing that we were at that, uh, at that pet show with one Sunday afternoon with uh, only one product and a broken website. Oh
1: my God. I love that. Um, now, how did you figure out how to make product? Like it's again, I, I want to make a dog bed. Did you know like who to call or how to get that first prototype made? Like, or did you, how did you sort that out?
0: absolutely not the uh, <laughs> the sum of where we're at today is, well where we're at today is the sum of a lot of uh mistakes in some words <laughs> than others uh but a lot of trial and error a lot of uh reiteration um and you know in the early days we we you know we were just on a bed here a bed there and um, it was it was important that we kind of believed in ourselves and, and the science behind it versus just listening to a lot of the naysayers. Because at the time, a lot of people told us no one's ever going to spend more than a hundred dollars for a dog bed. That's right, crazy. Right. But here we are. Uh, you know, ten years later, we sell five six hundred dollar dog beds all day. Uh-huh. Uh, and I know. so,
1: dude. The uh, Grand Supreme Premium Leather Memory Foam Dog Bed. I mean, like,
0: oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that's top of the line. Yeah, that that particular bed is uh, is the 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 top top of the line product that we have. It's made of real authentic uh, Italian leather. It's a really high quality product. But I mean, ultimately, you know, the only way that a product like that would come to exist would be you know the evolution of our product line over time. So we we you know took a, a, a measured approach and we started to get these uh, upholstery companies making these covers for us. And then we ordered the foam from the foam factories that were, you know, around the U.S. And we would put them together, put them in plastic. And man, it was was an ugly uh, situation (laughs) at first. But I can tell you that uh, through trial and error, we definitely got better and we improved our processes. Um, and uh, you know, today, luckily, we're really good at what we do, and uh, sure. we make really good products and we ship them all over the place. But it wasn't always the case, that's for sure.
1: That's fair. Now, did you have others to lean into to help you when you were getting started, or was it more just you? Like, what did that look like from a team perspective?
0: You know, in the early days, it was just me and my buddy Jordan, and we uh, we were the Wearing wearing every hat, you know, <laughs> right? Back of course, grade, that's, master of none, right? Um, but you know, as we started to get some traction in the first couple of years, I think maybe the second year, um, we decided, you know what? Why are we? Why are we wasting all this money on you know having upholstery companies making this stuff? We can make this ourselves, and we sure. can make a lot more money. And <laughs> you know what? Not only that's probably really easy. All you got to do, I've seen them do it. You got to cut out the fabric, you got to sew the fabric, we put it together, and we ship it out. It's easy. Uh, what we did not know is that uh, manufacturing is not easy. There is a thousand ways to lose money, whether it be waste of motion, material totally. waste, inefficiency, supply chain, uh, which uh, supply chain. I said that with a little pain in my voice because <laughs> right. uh, I remember. I think early, a lot of people have had
1: con- issues with supply chain in the last year. But yeah, go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, luckily for us, being a U.S. made product, uh, that's we've been insulated from that. But early sure. on, supply chain was absolutely a gigantic headache. And then, you know, we quickly made a lot of mistakes and learned from them. And slowly, we got better at manufacturing and better at making the product. And uh, slowly, grew our team. So we went from having two employees in the beginning. And Ten years later, we have. Uh, I think just over 20 employees uh, we make all of our products in our facility here in Wichita, Kansas, everything's oh, very good. handmade and, uh, the quality is, is unrivaled worldwide.
1: I love that. Now, how did you decide what would be next? Like I know you had the, that initial dog bed, then you've, but you've got all these other types of dog beds and then you've got other products that are, I'd say extensions. Like how did you figure out where to go? You know, once you had the initial product?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So, uh, you know, about, Two, year two or three in we realized we had a pretty good business here um and that uh, things were going along for us and we had a, we are absolutely had a lot of challenges in front of us still but what we recognize is that even though we had a great product um which will by the way great product will cover a lot of your issues and problems sure. especially that's, early on that's for sure um but even though we had a great product and a great business it wasn't going to be a very gigantic business right we realized that we were a niche and although there's riches and niches that we wanted to be bigger we had a we had we had desire for more market share and so we started to look and we were been opportunistic over the years with a build or buy strategy and um, along the way we have built a couple different brands out and then we've also bought a couple different brands that we felt like were a good strategic fit for us and um, really you know People look at us oftentimes, I hear, well, why do you have all these different brands? And it's a pretty simple answer, really. You know, this day and age, it's super important, especially in digital marketing and e commerce, that your brand is resonating with that customer. And just because they're all pet products doesn't mean that all dog people are the same because they're not. Sure. Sure. Uh, That's for and, sure. And so, you know, like our tough pup brand is all about uh, tactical working dogs, you know, police dogs, military dogs. And that doesn't necessarily is not the same customer as natural doggy, which is all about the most naturally derived uh, ingredients. Now there's some crossover for sure. But that's the reason why we have these multiple brands, and really the synergy that ties everything together, the common thread is, is that we we make solution-based products. So our products solve real problems for pet people. And when I say real problems, you know we don't make, um, you know we don't make uh, the cool furry bow ties or the <laughs> awesome dog hoodies. Right. Those things are sweet, and I like them a lot. But that's not what we do. We focus on solving health and mobility issues, um, relieving pain, anxiety, allergies, and itching and generally really helping in- enhance the bond between uh, pet and pet parent and that's really what our focus is.
1: Well, wow, that's interesting. Now, did you have to train the consumer to not just buy the cheapo bed at I won't name retailer um or like you know how did that, how did you build awareness of your brand?
0: Yeah. I I love that question too, because early on, you know, with any, any piece like this, there's a large education piece that goes with it. Right. And I'm sure that probably resonates with a lot of your listeners. I know you have a lot of awesome entrepreneurs that are listening and they have something that's cool and better. And it's, it, doesn't really matter if you're na- not able to articulate that and it, it doesn't matter if you're not able to get in consideration mode. So, you know, early on, we were really focused, especially in that first year or two, we thought that the big play for us was to get into pet stores around the United States. Right. We knew that it was a big challenge because we knew that our beds were more expensive than any other beds they'd seen but we also knew that 10 years earlier dog food kind of had uh, gone through a had gone through a revolution itself where you know people used to buy you know just cheap stuff at the big box retailer and now uh, they've been buying raw and they've been buying 80 90 bags of dog food and they've been buying you know, some people even cook you know cook special meals for their dog every night and you know why do they do that it's because it's better for the health of their animals so we really took that piece and being a trainer i thought that i and you know being a trainer in heart i thought that i could overcome the educational piece with the wholesalers and what we found was uh, you know the store owners that have these independent boutique pet stores um they got it and uh we formed a great uh great relationships with them. And uh, you know, at these trade shows, we articulated the value and we thought that they could articulate the value. Um, but what we found was we got a lot of orders, but not a lot of reorders. Interesting. And so in deeper, what we found was is that although that store owner that could articulate the value and educate the customer into the product, that part-time salesperson that might be there on a, on a Wednesday in the summer wasn't really able to educate the customer in a way that, uh, justified. Why should you pay $120 for a dog bed versus $30 for a dog bed? And so when you, uh, take a look at that piece, um, we really tried to make that work for a while, but eventually we ended up making uh, the pivot right into, um, e-commerce, Got and direct it. consumer for the most part. Um, and uh, we haven't looked back And obviously in 2020 and 2021, it's a fantastic place to find ourselves. But in that early days, that educational piece was difficult. So how we overcame that was by really, you know, doing a lot of content creation for our website and video. And we found out that that was easier to articulate the value of the product to the customer sure. than the part time summer employee two spots removed share with our audience
1: a bit more about your product line besides just the beds.
0: Sure. So we have Buddy Rest Pet Products, which is kind of what brought us to the dance. And uh, it's our legacy brand. And we make the world's best quality dog beds. Our dog beds are tactile pressure mapped, like I mentioned before. So they're truly orthopedic. They're vet recommended. They're the number one most vet recommended dog bed on the planet. So if you have a dog that has arthritis or hip dysplasia, they absolutely will make a difference in, the, in your animal. It is not just a comfortable place to lay by taking pressure points off of those critical areas. It, it allows nutrient-rich blood flow back into those areas. And so it can really help not just with uh, providing a pain-free haven for them to lay, but it will help with mobility and you'll notice that they can move around a lot better and they're a lot happier and healthier because of it. So we also sell uh, a tough product version of that as well as a plush version. Our tough product is, is designed to help dogs that have destructive behavior and help, <laughs> and help, uh, help, help people deal with that, you know, nothing's chew proof. And so we don't make the claim that uh, our bed is, is impenetrable, but we use ballistic nylon Kevlar thread. Sure, I see that. Uh, we, we, we make as tough as a tough as a bed as you can make, and it's a really good product. So, moving on from that, we also have uh, Natural Doggy, which is our natural product line. It's it's uh, something that we're super excited about. We've had it for a few years, and it's really just taken off for us. Um, you know, we've got things like wild Alaskan salmon oil um, and uh, organic uh, coconut oil, and then we also have uh, the best quality CBD oil on the market for your wow. dog. Oh, there you're we not go. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, that you're right. I mean, I was just going to say we've we've been covering the cannabis market um the last couple of months and it's just booming and I didn't realize it was as as into the pet space.
0: No, absolutely. It's a big deal in the pet space and everybody's trying to get into it. I think one of the differentiators for us when it comes to CBD for pets is that we're we're hyper focused on naturally sourced solutions that we can trace the the you know the chain uh, back to. And so you'll notice on all of our products, there's a QR code on the back that gives you the certificate of analysis uh, and provides transparency for where it came from. And uh, you know our product comes from Colorado hemp, so there's no THC in it, and there's it hmm. doesn't get your dog high. I always tell people you take all the fun stuff out of it, and it's the healthy <laughs> stuff that's left over, so far, like and that's the what that. they give you. And that and you know the. Thing to keep in mind about cbd is there's a lot of people jumping into the market right now but ultimately there's a lot of uh non-pet brands trying to sell cbd and i think uh being a pet brand that already has a focus on the health and happiness of your pet i think we are able to achieve it and, and present it in a little bit more authentic better way uh than just somebody that wants to start Selling CBD to pets, for example. So that's Natural Doggie. Um, and that's actually natural doggie.com. If you want to check it out, you can also oh, find gee. it available on Target and some other awesome retailers out there. That's um, awesome. And, and then, you know, so we have a couple other brands like Tough Pop, which is if, you know, if you like, if you love America trucks, dogs, beards, explosions, guns, this <laughs> brand is right up your alley. It's all about tactically tough products for dogs, overbuilt, overengineered, super durable um, stuff that's great for working dogs, great for police dogs, or great if you just pretend that your dog is a working or police dog too, <laughs> just uh, for pretend. Nice. Yeah, That's so. ToughPup.com, and you know we've got a couple other brands, uh, but those are our, our primary focus, and I don't I don't want to waste everybody's time. No, it's that's great. That's, um, that's perfect. really where energy is these days.
1: No, that's awesome. Um, you, you talked about uh, routes to market. You talked about retail. You talked about e-commerce. You know, as we look at this upcoming year, what what does that look like for you? What trends are you seeing in the market as as you think about your product?
0: Well, you know, I know 2020 has been really tough for a lot of people out there. And, um, you know, we're very fortunate to be in the place that we are in, being in pets and being in uh, e commerce primarily, because we do still sell some of our products to different channels and brick and mortar in some places. But for the vast majority of our products, are are direct to consumer online. and, And, You know, with all the the current uh, things going on in the world, we're absolutely very blessed to be where we are. And we almost it's almost like a level of survivor's guilt that comes along with it, because I know I have a lot of uh, entrepreneurial friends that are really struggling, especially the brick and mortar people. And I feel for them. Uh, But I am uh, I, I am. Very happy and uh, we feel very fortunate that we've made the moves that we've made to where we are today. E-commerce is a pretty interesting landscape right now. You know, a lot of experts are saying that, you know, it's accelerated 10 years into the future. Right, right. um, and, and, you know, I think that's probably a little bold, but it definitely has sped up things a couple of years. And people that were resistant to shopping online really were presented with no other option. And right. so you, you've right. got a lot more people shopping online than ever before. You got a lot of attention and also companies out there, manufacturers and, and people that only had brick and mortar strategies are realizing that uh, there there is uh, there is things that can happen like pandemics that can uh, really rock your whole business. And so having an e-commerce strategy is, is critically important. And uh, we're all in on that. And that includes um, finding ways to convert more customers, finding ways to generate more traffic. Sure, uh, We're heavy into the SEO, PPC game. And we're also really super into finding new technology that can really help bridge that gap between shopping, you know, shopping online and shopping in the store
1: wow so cool um i always love to ask our guests you know what are two or three lessons learned that you've experienced in your time as an entrepreneur and in the the path you've taken um i'd love for you to share some of those with our audience
0: um you know that's a that's a great question and i'm sure it puts it puts the uh puts the interviewee on the spot uh, <laughs> that's that's perfect, three perfect though from, top three of mind what's top of mind <laughs> Yeah, three lessons in twenty, you know, and yeah, a lifetime really. <laughs> that's let's hear. Right. Um, Well, you know, a couple things. First off, you, you got to be able to be adaptable. I think that's that's the number one trait that makes an entrepreneur successful is adaptability, being able to. Um, you know, being able to uh, listen to others sometimes, but also following your gut, there's a balance there, but being adaptable is super important because the market's going to change and you you have to be able to change with it. And so no matter how innovative you think your approach might be, you know, the market's going to tell you what needs to happen. And so you need to be able to adapt and change, especially in this uncertain world. Um, you know, I also think that uh, done beats perfect. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of that whole thinking. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs out there uh, are agree with me. Uh, I think that uh, you know, moving fast and is a tactical advantage that we have to use, especially in this global economy, where, especially sure. if you're making products in the USA. You know, our advantages are the fact that we're nimble and we're able to innovate. You know, I can come up with a new product idea. We have an in-house photography studio. I can have that for sale at the end of the day. And if wow. someone buys one, we can make some. If not, we're not at, we're out of <laughs> right. nothing.
1: See, that's you know, pretty our awesome.
0: Our competitors are waiting to land giant, uh, you know, containers full of products and that hoping are... hoping it are being, sells. And hoping it sells. And if it doesn't, they're marking it down and they're selling it through... Totally third party channels that are just devaluing their products. So, and then the last true. but not least is I think investing in the future. I think that's super, super, super important is having the foresight to, to know what's coming around the corner. You know, give you an example for us. Um, you know, we are deployed 3d models on our, our websites, for example, you can see them on buddy rest. If you're curious What I'm talking about, you go to a product page and you can actually see the product in 3d. So you can explore the image by all angles. You can even put it in augmented reality and see what that dog bed looks like. Uh, looks like in your house, which is a step further than you can even do in a store. So you can actually see if it's going to, if it's going to fit in that corner, if it's going to match the drapes, if that canvas is going to look good on the wall, augmented reality is opening up all sorts of really interesting possibilities. And it's only limited by our imagination. We're so bullish about it that, uh, we went to a German technology company to get to get our products created into 3D because we knew that they were doing it at a better quality than anyone else. And uh, they actually were looking for a North American distribution partner on the technology. So that's also something that I'm involved with now is we have a company called ScanShop And if you're interested, you can learn more about it by going to scanshop.io and scanshop, uh, will, will, what it does is we use a a proprietary scan technology to take any item, we scan it and it pops it out into 3d, which is super, super cool because for e-commerce, especially the ROI is super easy to see if you deploy 3d models on your website. Uh, you're going to see a conversion lift by about 30%. If you deploy augmented reality, it's going to be even higher than that if your product lends itself well to that. So, um, you know, having the foresight to see what's coming and rea- and being proactive is super important. You got to know what's coming around the corner and uh, investing in that type of technology. So I think a lot of companies are are feeling the pain now that they didn't make the investment in e-commerce like they should have a couple of years previously. And that's just my thought.
1: That is for sure. Um, great advice. Uh, share with our audience. You've mentioned a bunch of different sites. So, if there was one or two, you'd direct them to. Where would they Where would they come to to learn about your products?
0: Well, if you want to learn about our pet products, uh, you know, BuddyRest is, well, we have buddybrands.pet, which would take you to kind of our overarching entity that shows you all of our brands. But I would suggest if you want to get a feel for who we are and what we're about, go to BuddyRest.com. You can check out NaturalDoggy.com too. That's D-O-G-G-I-E. And if you're interested in getting 3D models and selling more products on your website, which if you're not, you should be because <laughs> everybody wants to put more money in the register at the end of the day. Um, and also create the most amazing user experience for your customer i highly recommend you check out scanshop.io
1: that's very cool love that well trevor it's been great having you on our podcast love the product um i think the titan citadel ballistic dog bed might be good for one of my dogs um and so uh it's been so great having you on i hope you'll come back and share with us how things are, are growing over the next year or two
0: you know, thanks for having me. It's been a blast and I look forward to uh, coming back. And uh, also, you know, you just let me know. I, I'll definitely uh, tell you one of those beds and sure. might end up with more than you bargained for. Though. I'm
1: sure. Or the Titan slumber pad. Anyway, this
0: is cool. Hey, man, thanks so much. Thank you. Have a nice day. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands.